The Mary Lee Taylor Program. Brought to you by Pet, America's first evaporated milk. Today, a new personality joins the NBC Saturday morning parade of stars, Pet Milk's Mary Lee Taylor, with a half hour of entertainment and helpful service dedicated to happier living. Yes, it's Mary Lee on NBC, and here she is, Mary Lee Taylor. Thank you, Del King, and hello, everybody. Joining the NBC radio family is like moving into an exciting new neighborhood, and my kitchen door is wide open, and the welcome mat is out for all of you my new NBC neighbors. If home and husband and family mean a great deal to you, then I know you'll enjoy this Saturday morning program. The first feature is the story of the week about young Jim and Sally Carter. And the first I heard about today's chapter in Sally's life was when Sally phoned me to say, Mary Lee, I don't know what to do. Jim's taking a job in Capital City and he's not taking me with him. He didn't tell me. I had to hear it from someone else. Golly, Mary Lee, what happened then? You'll hear in just a minute. But first, a word about the second feature of our program, the recipe of the week. And the money-saving meal plan. Don't forget that. Oh, I couldn't, Dale, because that's a very important part of our service to homemakers. And today, right after the story, we're going to plan a delicious meal that costs just about $1.88 for a family of four. Why, that's less than 50 cents a person. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's a grand meal. It features an exciting new dessert. Prune chiffon party pie. The recipe of the week. That's right. And an unusually good dessert because it's made with whipped pet milk. And pet milk whips as easy as one, two, three. And with the recipe I'm going to give later, even a beginner cook can make prune chiffon party pie perfectly the very first time. I hope you'll join us every Saturday morning in our friendly kitchen. And when you have a minute to spare, write and tell me how you like our program. And tell me something about yourself and your family. Because the better I know you, the more I can help you through this program to find greater happiness in everyday living. Later, I'll tell you how to get a collection of brand new Mary Lee Taylor recipes free. But right now, let's listen to today's story about young wife, Sally Carter. Sally and Jim Carter are moving away from Midland, the small city where Sally has always lived. They aren't too happy about the move, but Jim has accepted a job in Capital City, and Sally is determined to make the best of it. However, Sally's parents, Dan and Martha Hayes, don't approve at all, and they are especially convinced that Sally should stay with them in Midland at least until after her baby is born. Right now, Dan and Martha are facing the prospect glumly, talking in circles, as they have every evening for the last week. You don't have to dry the dishes, Dan. Why don't you sit down and read your paper? I don't want to read the paper. I I just can't get my mind off Sally's moving. I know. I'd like to keep Sally here as much as you would, Dan. I can't bear it to think of her having her baby off in a strange city with a strange doctor looking after her. But you heard her yourself. She said positively that she's going with Jim when he goes. That's nonsense. Complete and utter nonsense. Maybe so, but I don't see that there's anything we can do about it. And I don't suppose it's our place to interfere anyway. Interfere? 
Well, what's got into you, Martha? It's a man's duty to look after his own daughter's welfare, isn't it? Well, yes, but Sally's not a child anymore, Dan, and she thinks it's her duty to go with Jim. You know how despondent he is about having to close up his office here and go to work for somebody else. Sally thinks he needs her, and I guess that's that. Yes, I know, but wait a minute. Suppose she thought he didn't need her. Suppose she thought he'd rather go alone. Oh, now, you're talking nonsense. You know Jim wants Sally with him. Even if he thought she'd be happier here? Hmm. Now, if I could just manage to get Jim alone for a little man-to-man talk. Mighty nice of you to pick me up and run me down to the bank this morning, Jim. Don't know what's wrong with my car, but it just seemed to go dead last night. Hope this doesn't inconvenience you. Uh, not at all, but as I told you over the phone, I want to stop by the railroad station on the way down to see about the reservations. That's all right. I've got time. Well, I still can't realize that you're actually taking Sally away from middle. Now, just a minute, Dad Hayes. We've been over all this before, and it's all settled. Let's not stir up another pointless oh, argument. Oh, no, no. I don't want to stir up any more arguments, Jim. There's been enough of that. <laughs> well, Martha and I have finally resigned ourselves to your move. We understand. Oh, you do? Yes. Of course, we hate to see Sally leave just at a time like this, but her place really is with you. We realize that now. Well, I'm glad you're finally seeing things our way. I, well, I didn't like to seem bullheaded about it, Dad Hayes, but, well, Sally and I belong together, and this move to Capital City is something we just have to work out on our own, together. I guess you're right, my boy. I'm afraid we've been a little selfish. We've been just looking at it from Sally's side. Hmm? What do you mean by that? I mean... Well, naturally, Sally'd be better off staying here in Midland with us until the baby comes. Well, I don't see... Now, Jim, what I was going to say is, that's just half the picture. It's going to be tough for you, too, getting settled in a strange city, adjusting yourself to a new job. Well, you don't need to worry about me. I'll be all right. Sure, sure. Just the same, it is plain that you will be needing Sally more than she'll be needing us. It's not that. I don't need Sal. Well, I, I mean, of course I need her, just as she needs me, but... Well, I certainly don't have to have someone go along and hold my hand just because I'm starting a new job in another city. That's not the point at all. Of course it isn't, my boy. I know you're perfectly self-reliant and capable of making out all right alone, but, uh... All right, all right, say it, but what? (laughs) You know how women are. They think men can't get along without them, bless their hearts. (laughs) And in this case, I guess it's a good thing Sally feels that way. It'll take her mind off herself. Keep her from worrying too much about the baby coming. Now, wait a minute. You don't think Sally's worried about leaving Midland now, do you? Well... And that she's just going along with me now out of a sense of wifely duty because she thinks I'm depending on her to to help me keep my chin up? Oh, now I didn't say that, Jim. Oh, there's a parking space, Jim. Better grab it quick. Uh, Okay, but... Come on. Let's go in and make those reservations, Jim. And don't give another thought to what I've been saying. Oh, how can I help but think about it? Darn it all. I, I don't want Sally to go with me just because she thinks she has to. Now, now, I didn't say that, Jim. No, you didn't say it, but what put the idea into your head? Why, nothing. But uh, when Sally was over at the house the other afternoon talking to Martha... All right, let's have it. What did she say? Uh, uh, nothing special. I shouldn't even mention it. Now, just forget it, Jim. Let's go into the station. But I want to know... Come on, Jim. You might have to wait in line. You know. uh, wait a second, Dad Hayes. I want to know. Hello, Linda. I'm Springfield, Capital City, and Point Beach. And your ticket ready, please. Mmm, 
busy morning in the ticket office. People at that window. Here, better get in line, Jim. Okay. Now, did Sally actually say anything about being uneasy about leaving Midland before the baby's born? Well, you know how it is, Jim. I suppose the security of home and mother and the familiar family doctor loom pretty important to a girl when she's having her first baby. Oh, yeah, but well, she's never said anything about that to me. Of course not. Sally keeps her feelings pretty well to herself, you know. And naturally, she wouldn't say anything to upset you when you have so many other problems on your mind. Darn it, if I thought now, for a minute... Now, you... just forget it, my boy. Personally, I think this, this experience might be good for Sally. She's had a rather shorted life here in Midland. High time she learned to stand on her own feet. She won't be on her own. I'll take care of her. Yep, sure, you take care of her, Jim, when you can be with her. And she's got plenty of spunk. I know she won't complain or be a burden to you. Don't worry about her being a burden to me. But, well, if I thought she was worried about leaving home and changing doctors... All right. Who's next? Uh, oh, excuse me. Well, I am. I'm next. Well, where do you want to go, son? And how many tickets? Uh, I don't know. I wanted two, but... Well, maybe now I'd better just get one. All right. Lots of people waiting. Make up your mind. Okay, mister. My mind's made up. I'll tell you exactly what I want. Yes, Dan Hayes managed to do a very skillful job of planting a few seeds of doubt and uncertainty in Jim's mind. Now, the next step was a little talk with Sally. And that afternoon, before Jim got home, Dan Hayes dropped in on his daughter as she was polishing her wedding present silver. Well, hello, Dad. What brings you over? Oh, I stopped off at the bakery to pick up a strawberry jelly roll for Mother, and they look so good, I brought one along for you, too. Here it is. Well, aren't you sweet? Uh, just put it over there on the bread box, will you, Dad? My hands are all full of silver polish. Sure. Mm, polishing everything up before you pack it, eh? Mm-hmm. Quite a job getting ready to move, isn't it? Oh, not really. The packing up at this end won't be too bad. I know where everything is. But unpacking at Capital City will be a three-ring circus. We won't know where anything is. Oh, it'll be fun, though, and Jim's a big help with things like that. Yes, but, uh, Sally... I wouldn't try to shove too many chores on Jim's shoulders while you're getting settled up there. You know, he's going to have plenty on his mind getting adjusted to a new job without worrying about other matters. Oh, I know that, Dad. And I want to do everything I can to help him. Of course you do, honey. Just remember, his career comes first right now. So, if you do go along with him, try not to be a burden to him. Oh, I won't be a burden. What do you mean if I do go along with him? Why, of course I'm going. That's all settled. Oh, uh... I, I thought Jim had talked it over with you. I mean, uh, the way he talked this morning... Uh, what do you mean? Uh, nothing. Nothing at all, Sal. What did Jim say? Now, honey, this is something that you and Jim have to settle for yourselves. But try to see his side of it, Sally. How much easier it would be for Jim to get started in Capital City alone so he could concentrate on his job without worrying about you and the baby coming and finding a place to live. Did Jim say that? Uh, not exactly. And if you really want to be helpful... I wouldn't make him say it, Sal. Why don't you make things easy for him? Well, but that's why I'm going along with him now. Jim needs me. He wants me with him. Well, I wouldn't exactly put it that way, Sally. But he knows you're anxious to go along with him, and he doesn't want to hurt your feelings by telling you that he that you'd be in the way. So if you insist, I suppose he will take you along if he can't find an easy way to tell you that he's really planning to go alone. He's planning to go alone? Why, that's not true. No. 
Then why did he make only one train reservation? Sally couldn't bring herself to believe that Jim would actually prefer to go to Capital City without her. Until the station agent unwittingly helped Dan's case by telephoning. Hello? No, I'm sorry. Mr. Carter isn't home yet, but... What was that? Oh. Tell him that you're confirming his reservation for one upper to Capital City a week from Friday. Yes. Thank you. And so, by the time Jim got home, the stage was all set. Sally and Jim had carefully rehearsed what they were going to say to each other, tactfully, considerately. Uh, did you see Dr. Babcock this morning, Sal? Yes, I did. The routine checkup. He says, I'm fine and nothing to worry about. That's good. Uh, um, you think a lot of Dr. Babcock, don't you? Oh, yes. Why, Dr. Babs is like the rock of Gibraltar. He brought me into the world, you know. Yeah, I know, and... Sal, I've been thinking. Now, we want the best for you and our youngster. Uh, wouldn't you feel a little easier about things if you stayed here with your family until the baby was born so Dr. Babcock could take care of you? Well, well I don't know. Perhaps if... You'd feel better about it that way, darling. It, it might be best, Sally. Oh, there's no telling what kind of a place we might find in Capital City. Uh, uh, maybe a cold water walk-up flat or... Or even a park bench. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's no sense in starting the kid out with an inferiority complex. I, I guess you'd both be better off here until I got things ready for you. Well, it... Oh, it would probably be easier for you, too. Well, to keep your mind on your work and get a good start in your job. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, I guess it'll work out better all around that way, baby. And... Oh, Jim. I will miss you terribly, darling. I'll be so lonesome without you. Yeah, I'll, I'll miss you, too, sweetheart. But it's... It's the sensible thing to do, and it won't be for too long. No. Just a few months, and then... Uh, uh, oh, I'll get it. Hello? Uh, yes, this is Mr. Carter. Who? Oh, the station agent? Oh, I forgot. He called before, Jim. There was a message. What? Oh, you can? Oh, well, uh... No, 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 no. Never mind. Now, just let it stand. Yes, thanks. No, just forget about it. Well, can you beat that, Eddie? Here this guy Carter raises the roof this morning. He's got to have a compartment to Capital City on account of his wife's going to have a baby. So what? So I give him one upper temporarily, which is all I could get. And I break my neck getting the comportment for him and his wife. And you know what? 
Now he don't want the comportment. He'll just use the upper. Sometimes I wonder what makes people tick. Well, it looks as if Sally's father has accomplished what he set out to do. But just how long he'll manage to keep Sally away from Jim is another story. Be sure to be with us a week from today for our next story about Jim and Sally Carter. Before Mary Lee Taylor tells you how you can serve a family of four a good, satisfying dinner for only about $1.88, I'd like to tell you about a wonderful new recipe and meal planning book Mary Lee has for you. It's called Main Dishes, Salads, and Desserts, and its 16 pages are packed with money-saving recipes for food your family will really enjoy. All you do to get a free copy is print on a postcard your name and address and the title of the book, Main Dishes, Salads, and Desserts. Send the card to Mary Lee Taylor, care of this station, or to Pet Milk, St. Louis, Zone 1, Missouri. And if you have a baby, add the word baby book to that same postcard, and Mary Lee will send you a gift copy of Pet Milk's remarkable book called Your Baby, a book that makes it easier for you to care for your baby and teach him the kind of habits you want him to have. Remember, the baby book and the recipe book are yours for the asking. And now about that $1.88 meal for a family of four. We'll start with oven brown pork chops. Pork chops? Uh, don't they cost a lot of money? Well, you can if you're not watching your pennies by the loin chops. But if you're a smart shopper, you can save around 10 cents a pound and get chops that are just as good and just as nourishing by asking for end chops or neck chops. Okay, that puts me in my place. <laughs> Another thing, I figured one chop per person, which is plenty, really, taking the rest of the meal into consideration. But if anyone has a hard-working man who insists on having an extra chop, we might as well face it. That will add about 15 cents to the meal. And I'd say it'd be worth it. Now, uh, what else do we have besides the nice, juicy oven-brown pork chops, hmm? Baked sweet potatoes. Pork chops and sweet potatoes. Ah, perfect combination. And creamed onions. <laughs> Say, you've been reading my mind. <laughs> and a fresh apple salad on lettuce with your favorite salad dressing. Mm, sounds better and better all the time. We'll also have heated pan rolls. With pet butter spread. <laughs> of course. And hot coffee. Mmm, pass the pet milk, please. And for dessert, our prune chiffon party pie. Oh, boy, now, now that's what I call good eating. And now the question is, how do you make that prune chiffon party pie? Well, since whipped pet milk is what makes the pie filling so delicious, first I think we should give the directions for whipping the milk. That's easy. Just have the milk, the bowl, and the beater all ice cold. If you use an electric beater, turn it to high speed. If you use a rotary beater, turn it as fast as you can. Right, Mary Lee? Right. And the way to chill the pet milk here is to put it into one of the ice trays and leave it in the refrigerator until ice crystals begin to form around the edge. If you haven't an automatic refrigerator, just put the can of pet milk right on the ice. Or measure it into the bowl first and put that right on the ice. And now, Mary Lee, I'm all set with pencil and paper so I can write down the recipe right along with our listeners. Prune, chiffon, party, pie. Now... What comes first, hmm? Well, before you start writing anything down, Dale, I'd like to describe quickly how this pie filling is made. 
I think every woman likes to have a sort of overall idea of what's involved first. Then we'll get into the exact amounts and directions. Okay. You're the one who knows what women like, so go ahead. Well, it's quite simple. The only grocery items you need are unflavored gelatin, sugar, flour, salt, a little lemon juice, some cut-up cooked prunes, and the juice from the prunes, and some pet milk. The sugar, flour, salt, and prune juice are mixed together and cooked. Then the softened gelatin and lemon juice are added, and when that mixture is, has chilled, it's whipped until it's light and fluffy. And finally, the cut-up cooked prunes and whipped pet milk are folded into it, and the pie filling is ready to go into the pastry shell. Well, that certainly sounds like an easy enough recipe. And here I am with my pencil all sharpened, ready to take down the intimate details, like, uh, oh, how much sugar, how much this, and how much that. Fine. Here goes. First, soften one envelope of unflavored gelatin in one-half cup of cold water. Soften one envelope unflavored gelatin in one-half cup cold water. Okay, now by unflavored gelatin, you mean something like Knox gelatin? That's right. Next, mix one-half cup sugar. One-half cup sugar, okay. One tablespoon flour. One tablespoon flour, all right, I've got that. And one-fourth teaspoon salt. One-fourth teaspoon salt. Now, that's uh, sugar, flour, salt mixed together. Right. Then, stir in three-fourths cup of prune juice. Stir in three-fourths cup prune juice. Mm-hmm. Then what? Then boil and stir two minutes. Boil and stir two minutes. Okay, go ahead, please. <laughs> then, remove from the heat and stir in the gelatin. Remove from heat and stir in gelatin. Now we've got everything in one pan. That's right. Then add two tablespoons lemon juice. Add two tablespoons lemon juice. All set, Mary Lee. What next? Chill that mixture until it's slightly thicker than unbeaten egg whites. Chill until slightly thicker than unbeaten egg whites. Hmm, that sounds like a fussy direction. It's very important, Dale. Next, whip the chilled gelatin mixture until it's light and fluffy. Whip chilled gelatin mixture until light and fluffy. Mm -hmm. Then fold in one cup of cut-up cooked prunes. I'll tell you later how to cook them. Okay. Uh, fold in one cup cut-up cooked prunes. Now, the final two steps. Whip until stiff one-half cup of ice-cold pet milk. Whip one-half cup ice-cold pet milk until stiff. Then fold the whipped pet milk into the prune mixture. Fold whipped milk into prune mixture. Then put into a nine-inch cold baked pastry shell to chill. That's a nine-inch cold baked pastry shell. Well, I've got the recipe okay, Mary Lee, but um, how about that cold-baked pastry shell, hmm? Well, Del, most women have their own favorite pastry recipe, and my favorite is in the book called Main Dishes, Salads, and Desserts. And our listeners know they can get a copy of the new recipe book just by writing to Mary Lee Taylor, care of this station, or to Pet Milk, St. Louis, Zone 1, Missouri, so I'm not even going to mention it. <laughs> but I am going to say, if you want your prune chiffon potty pie to be as good-looking and wonderful-tasting as Mary Lee's, 
be sure to make it with whipped pet milk. Pet, remember, actually triples in volume when whipped, while whipping cream doesn't quite double. And pet is comparatively low in calories, but high in nourishment, because pet is double rich in protective whole milk substances. Extra rich, too, in vitamin D, the sunshine vitamin. Gail, um, I'd like to get back for just a second to prune chiffon potty pie. Mmm, so would I. (laughs) (laughs) Just a few helpful tips. First, do fold the whipped milk into the gelatin mixture with easy, gentle stirs so you don't force out any of the air you whipped into the milk. Okay, I'll make a mental note of that. Second, cook the prunes according to the directions on the SunSweet package using one cup of prunes and two and one-fourth cups of water for the amount of cut-up fruit and juice called for in the recipe. All right, that all? Not quite. Be sure to chill the gelatin mixture until it's just slightly thicker than unbeaten egg whites. Yeah, you, you said that before. And uh, I said it again because it's very important. It's also important not to overchill it. Okay, okay. <laughs> and uh, make quickly cold before you put in the pie filling. And now you're all set to make prune chiffon potty pie the Mary Lee Taylor way. And will you be proud to serve this dessert? You want other Mary Lee Taylor recipes, too. So send for the book mentioned earlier, Maine. And also look for the pet milk display in your favorite grocery store and help yourself to one of Mary Lee Taylor's handy take-home recipe folders featured with this display. Next Saturday, of course, we'll have another recipe of the week for you. And another... Now, wait a minute, Mary Lee. You've got to tell us more than that. What kind of a recipe? What for? For a meat-saving main dish that's really almost a complete meal in itself. So it's not only a money saver, but also a time and work saver. Good. And you'll have another complete budget meal, of course. Yes, and another story about our young friends, Jim and Sally Carter. All of which is very fine, but you know something, Mary Lee? You haven't given us today's recipe for happiness. But I'm going to, right now. And I chose this one because today is my first day on NBC. I've been talking to many listeners I've never had a chance to visit before. And this is the thought that has kept running through my mind. A stranger is just a friend you haven't met. Well, now that you and the Saturday morning NBC listeners have met, I'm sure you won't be strangers anymore. And I certainly hope that pet milk isn't a stranger to any of you, because pet milk can go a long way toward helping you save money on your food bill and serve your family more delicious, more wholesome meals. Tonight, pet milk brings you over most of these NBC stations a half-hour musical show starring popular singer Vic Damone with Hollis Shaw, the Serenaders, and Gus Henshin and his Pet Milk Orchestra. Don't miss it. Listen tonight to Vic Damone on the Pet Milk Show. And remember, next Saturday, Mary Lee Taylor will be back, same time, same spot on your dial. And the kitchen door will be open and the welcome mat out for all of you. Until then, this is Mary Lee Taylor saying goodbye and... Happy homemaking. Goodbye, Mary Lee Taylor, and good luck and good health to all of you from PET, the first evaporated milk. PET milk is the all-family, all-purpose milk that has been a favorite in millions of homes for more than three generations. And you save money when you use PET milk because pet costs less, generally, than any other form of milk. So when it's milk you need, get pet. Today's story was written by Jane Spencer and directed by Al Chan. Del King speaking.
This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.